This is not just your average MMA show, baby. This is Brothers in Combat with Serge Vicente and Darnell Giovanni. No need to fight. Just listen up and get it right. Brothers in Combat, baby. We rolling! Yeah! All night long. Boom. Every single time I hear that right there, I feel like I'm about to come out. I got to go get ready. I'm warmed up. The sweat is gold every single time. There it is. There it is. Welcome, everybody, to Brothers in Combat, not your average MMA podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Serge Vicente, and joining me as always is my brother from another, the mystic one, Darnell Giovanni. Darnell, what to do, brother? Hop in, fight fans. You know we're here in a place to be. We had a good weekend, Saturday night of fights, loaded Ooh. card, so much to talk about. I had to watch it twice for all the controversies, the wins, big wins, the knockouts, oh. five knockouts Dude. in the first couple fights of that of that card. We got a lot to talk about, sir. You got a lot to talk about. What's going on with you, man? Dude, I'm doing fucking well, man. We out here, you know what I'm saying, in lovely LA, uh, sun is shining, the birds are chirping. Hella fights happen, man. So I'm, I'm I'm feeling good, man. How about yourself, man? How's it going down I'm, there in, in, in MIA? We got beautiful Cali weather right now. I I feel like I'm in California. A little 73 vibes, little 60 vibes during the nighttime, which I love right now. Sorry to all the people in the cold weather. Yeah, I was I'll just about to people. say that. I was like, everybody Apologize. in the country is going to be like, these two fucking guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all the other people, but whatever. We, we're here. We have beautiful weather. And you know, it helps the, the attitude and the, and the energy as well. Yes. Absolutely, man. Well, check it out. Um, everything has been great on my end. Uh, like I said, it, it, it things have been pretty good. Um, we're we're looking forward to. There's, I mean, dude, there's so many fucking fights to talk about, and and it's like, not only do we have fucking fights, nigga, we got drama. We got drama. Fights. We got drama. <laughs> we got controversy. This past weekend was everything that you know I wanted and more, man. Uh, let me ask before we really get into this shit, bro. Let, how are you doing, my brother? What's been going? What's been new with you? Nothing, nothing new. Definitely going to have some more interviews coming up. Absolutely. I got a very, very dope merch drop coming very, very soon, guys. I actually washed everything that I had before because I just didn't like the idea anymore. And I got something even better. Hopefully this Friday, I can show you guys exactly what it's going to be. So excited to drop that for sure. It's been a long time, but it was worth the wait. I promise. That's what's up, man. I can't wait, bro. You like you have some really dope stuff, and I've seen a little bit of what he's talking about. I think you guys are really gonna enjoy that, man. It's gonna be fire. Yeah, you got, uh, you got some boxing talk good. coming up. You got some more box talk uh, with with Bcam this week. We do, man. We got some real a uh, bunch of boxing talk. We got some boxing talk coming up. Uh, there's some big fights on the horizon. Clarissa Shields just competed, also. So there's a lot going on in the world of boxing. Um, I mean, shit, Jake Paul and Ben Askren for, for Triller. The real yeah. takeover, that's coming up. So <laughs> Triller, the number one tr- boxing promoting. <laughs> by far. Oh, come on, by man. Far. People get pissy about that, too. But Triller <laughs> is definitely the number one boxing promoter in the land at this point in time. It, it's nuts. That's the real takeover. Wow. Um, but, uh, dude, you wanted to jump into it, man? Let's there's a get lot to get into, into it. man. Let's get into it at the All top. Right. At the top, UFC 259, we had Jan Blachowicz take Blahovitz, excuse me. Jan Blahovitz. No disrespect. Yeah, no no dis- all, all to that, respect, man. my brother. Respect my name. I'm going to respect your name right now. Yeah. 
took it on uh, the last style bender, Israel Adesanya, who is the middleweight champion. And was it the most exciting fight? No, but it was a chess match that we got to watch for sure of two amazing fighters. Jan Blachowicz smart, very, fought very smart. He wasn't, he was fainting. He was biting on all the feints, but Izzy wasn't, you know, going right back at him when, when he bought, bit on the face. It's like Izzy was being very tentative. I don't know if Izzy felt that Polish power and it kind of got to him and just like, you know what? I don't want to get hit by this. I'm going to, I'm going to be smart about this. And he fought a very calculated fight and it ended up working against him, especially in the fourth and fifth round where Jan took him down. And you can see that that weight advantage was something for sure. Absolutely. It, it was interesting, right? It, it's one of those fights, and I know you and I kind of said it right beforehand. It's yeah. It didn't feel like Izzy's stock dropped. Yes, he lost the fight. And we'll talk about the crazy fucking scorecards in a second. Uh, but it was it was one of those fights that I think it was a lot closer than um, I think a lot of people may have thought it was going to be. Or either way, because I think a lot of people looked at this fight and said, yo, either one, Jan's going to knock his ass out because he's heavy-handed. It's either one's going to dominate the other. That's literally what yeah. it was. It's like one's going to take one down and smash, or the other guy is just going to cut through him. And it ended up being a real chess match. And it seemed as if Jan took Yoel Romero's game plan but added actual offense to it. Yes. So that was something that he did. And look, before we get into Izzy or anything else, I have to, I got to give a, give love and a shout out to Jan. Yeah. Jan went out there and performed like a savvy, he's performed like a legitimate champion that was defending his belt. He did an amazing job. It was a great performance by him. And he, a lot of people looked at him, I think, as a step over champion. Like you're just a yeah. fucking placeholder. Dude, Jan is here and he can be a legitimate champion here in the UFC at 205. For at least a couple of years. And nobody complained about his performance either. Remember when uh, Israel fought Yoel? They complained about Yoel Romero's performance, just like he wasn't doing anything. Blahovitz went in there, fought very smart, was, was hitting yeah. Izzy a couple of times. Hit, he, Izzy a lot of times, more than he's ever been hit in a UFC. Well, no, Calvin Gaston hit him more. But still, at that 205 weight class, you know, he made, it sure, he made sure he looked dominant. He looked like, you know, hey, you're coming up to me. I'm going to show you that now I'm no stepping guy. Nah, I am that guy. I am that guy in his division. And he looked good. And that made his stock rise up for sure. And now we look at him as a legitimate champion, as they should have when he beat Dominic Reyes anyway. So that's because that's we all had he, Dominic Reyes beating John Jones. Yeah, Everybody we had we had Reyes beating John Jones. But MMA math never makes sense, of course. Never, never makes ever never makes sense. sense. <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen. But the the biggest thing that I took out of that fight that was very confusing. Was those scorecards 49, 45, 49, 45, and 49, 46, right? That was the, the cards. Let me ask you this. Because, yeah. <laughs> dude, I was blown away. Because I'm going to be yeah. very honest with you guys. I, I, I had I had Adesanya winning, okay? People are going to look at me like I'm some fucking like, super fan or something. Look, I am not mad that, that Jan won. I understand how Jan won. I had Adesanya winning rounds one, two, and three. And then I had Jan winning rounds four and five. That's how I had it scored. I knew round three was kind of close. So for me, that was to me, it could have gone either way there. It could have been 2-2 going into the fifth. So when they gave Jan the, the fifth round, I was like, okay, he won. I'm happy with that. Even though I had Adesanya winning three rounds to two. But that is not a 4-1 fight either fucking way. And I, what the fuck? There are, was no 10-8 rounds in those fights. Not one. 
Not one. Crazy. Not one. Those scorecards read as they were multiple 10-8 rounds. That makes Dog. no sense. Even in the rounds where Jan had Israel on his back, but it was towards the end of those rounds. Those are two minutes pretty much on top. That's four minutes commutative in a whole entire fight. That's four minutes out of 25 minutes that he was dominant. Those are not, there should be not one 10-8 round there. And I know people were talking about the commentary. I saw so many different comments mm-hmm. about the commentary. Listen, if you're watching a fight with Israel Adesanya in there, a guy who throws crazy amounts of strikes, he's always Absolutely. throwing things. He looks like the more active fighter, you're going to speak about him more. Jan was throwing Absolutely. at certain, certain points in time. What are you going to say about him if he's not throwing as much? Is he more, more effective with them? Yeah, but still, it's hard to do that. If you commented on the fight, it would be the same thing. Let me ask you this. Because yeah. to me... Adesanya looked like he was dictating the pace of the fight. He looked like he was dictating the dance. Am I wrong in that? Oh, he was definitely dictating the dance 100%. He just wasn't throwing as much as he usually does, especially at the lower weight class. With these heavier guys, you have to be careful. He was fighting very smart. He's fought in kickboxing at a higher weight. He knows how heavy these guys hit. Got to be smart with it. I think he felt like he was going to catch him with something really good at some point in time, and that didn't end up happening. It kind of was like a little bit too late, and then he just felt that his legs were like not there, and it's like it was like a bad day at the gym. But he didn't look terrible. But more more credit to, to Blahovitz. He definitely didn't look terrible. No, he didn't look. Ter- he didn't. He did not look terrible. But kudos to Blahovitz for putting that performance together Absolutely. because he need, his team All needs more him, more more uh, credit for that and putting together these great game plans in this past couple of fights because he has looked. Great, and now we got a couple more fights that we would love to see him in. But if oh, you're Israel man. Adesanya, Glover is going to be great. Yeah, if you're Israel Adesanya, are you going back to 185, being dominant there, and then at a later date coming back to 205 to want to prove yourself there? Absolutely, absolutely. We we forget how that he doesn't have a lot of miles in MMA. He's only been fighting in MMA for three and a half years, about, not that, and he not was that able long. to dominate. You know what I'm saying? Like, and really do his thing. Um, he goes back down to 85. He he's already cleared out the weight class once. It, it's not going to be anything to really put his stamp on that weight class. He'll go back. He'll do those things. The only thing he truly needs to work on, when you really think about it, because I was really I was I'm critical on anybody's game, especially after they lose. I, I really try to break it down and think about it. And then when you go back and you look at the fight, Adesanya is nearly impossible to take down against the cage. If you go look at any of his fights, him against the cage, you can't get him. You'll see him grab people's faces, spin them off. He, you can't, he's so long, he uses leverage extremely well, you can't get him. But you can take him down in open space and hold him Who there. Look at Who the Vittori fight. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And look at Jan. Those are the two fights that I've actually seen that happen. So when you think about that, the only other time I've seen him taken down in open space was against Kelvin Gastelum. He was throwing up you know, triangles and things. So obviously Jan's size, I think, made him feel as if he couldn't do as much. So that is where the size really came to fruition, right? So I can see that. So so I see him going back, working on that game specifically, because we forget. The thing that we've always talked about him is how he's evolved so much in between fight to fight. Yeah, He will fix that hole in his game, go back down, and then he will do what I think a lot of us... The only credit that I'm going to give John Jones is that he's taking the time to build his body up for the next weight class. Yeah, I think Adesanya, when he's ready to make that jump, he will build his body up the proper way, especially now that he said, look, skill-wise, I can beat these guys. I was beating the best 205er in the world. 
You know, I just have to make slight adjustments. He comes back, he does that. He'll dominate that weight class as well. I'd have no doubts. It reminds me almost of like when Max Holloway moved up to fight Dustin Poirier, who already built his body up, did that. Body wasn't there yet. It body wasn't there yet. Y'all mean to tell me Max Holloway in two years when he feels like it, he's going to dominate whatever weight class he feels like going to. This is facts. This is complete facts. It definitely the body, the body thing was 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 a lot. And you can see that when he was on the ground, he wasn't throwing anything up, wasn't throwing any triangles up, nothing at all. He wasn't but, taking damage though either. But one thing that I do want to say is I want to see back to Israel Adesanya, the guy who is very active. Remember, before this fight, he hadn't fought in a long time. That's definitely his longest layoff of his UFC career. This is a guy who was taking four fights per year. Now he's at his first fight this year, but I want to see him be as active as possible. Is there anybody right now in one of the fights that he can fight? No, there's no clear contender. But in the month of April, we have two fights that can determine a lot in that division from Kevin Holland versus uh, Derek Brunson and Darren Till versus Marvin Vittori. And and we got Robert Whitaker against uh, Paulo Costa. Costa. We got three fights that can determine a lot of different things. And maybe, yeah, against Elvino, Paulo Costa. So by summertime, we may be able (laughs) to have a contender for Israel Adesanya. So we definitely have to see that. I, I can see that. I'm trying to think right now because there isn't any clear cut number one. Obviously, if Robert Whitaker wins, that's probably the fight that they're going to end up making. It'll probably end up being Robert Whitaker. Part two. Part two. That's probably what it ended up being. But I'm curious to see what happens with Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland can put himself literally on deck. If, yeah. if he goes out there and, and puts a great performance on against Derek Brunson, he'll be the next man up because he has such momentum from 2020 and then he's kind of building off of that right now so he has that opportunity um there but there's so many amazing and fun matchups 185 it's funny 185 for the longest was trash yeah it was so fucking garbage didn't nobody care and then luke rockhold came when you thought oh shit we got a fucking guy we can get excited about luke rockhold that motherfucker got his ass whooped <laughs> bisbing's old ass came over here i guess this is fun GSP old ass came, whooped his ass, and then just peaced out. Peaced and, out. And, and, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and then we had everything else. The Robert like, Whitaker is a yo Moreau's yeah, and that that yeah, changed yeah. the class. And it's just like, okay, we got a lot of exciting guys here. A lot of small guys. Now. The small uh rankings of guys. Yeah, but now it's like, dude, the 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 middleweight division's top six is pretty fucking deep. You think about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, obviously yeah. we got the champion, we got Adesanya, we have Elvino, right? You you got um um fucking Vittori. Mm-hmm. We have don't forget about Kelvin Gastelum who looked great his fucking last time out. Yep. You we know st- what I mean? We still got a lot of guys. And Kevin Gastelum is not even ranked in the top ten right now. I don't think he is. Or maybe I'd be nine or something, but he's yeah, definitely he to be. he's he's yeah, out. Yeah. He's not even in the top seven or six. So it shows you even outside of the week class. Outside of that, those numbers, there's a lot of solid guys. Very good guys that could be champion at any point in time. Well, let me ask you this. What's going to be next for Jan Blahovitz? He's the champion. He's worth it. He's earned his spot. Um, what do you think happens with him? Is he going to end up getting pushed like, like, a, like an actual champion, or is he going to be the unsung hero, more like a Stipe Miocic? I think he's going to be the unsung hero because he's not a guy that's going to overly push himself as well. A lot of these guys that get pushed is because they're doing a lot of stuff. They're doing a lot of media. They're doing a lot of different things to put themselves out there. He's a family guy. He says he just wants to go home and spend time with his son because he doesn't get to do that when he's in training camp. So he doesn't have to do that. MMA fans will respect the guy he retired no matter what he's, he's just did, the run he's been on. 
that's definitely memorable, 100%. I feel like that just solidified him for a UFC Hall of Fame, honestly. Because, you know, how many guys have defended a, the 205-pound belt not named John Jones, Tito Dan Ortiz, or, or, um, or Dan, Dan Ocorio, of course, I can't hear him out, or Chuck Liddell's. You know, it's like four or five guys you can name that actually defended that title, you know? Tito especially Ortiz as well. if he wins his next fight. Especially if yeah. he wins his next fight, you have to put him up there. Because look at his fucking resume. Dude, think about it. He's beaten... He's how many former champions has he actually beaten at this point in time when you think about it? You know what I'm saying? You got Luke Rockhold, you got Israel Desanya, you got a guy who should have been champion in Dominic Reyes. You know what I mean? Like right there, to me, you got three. You know, and then you have yeah. I think they do the the Glover Teixeira fight next for sure. Glover Teixeira is the number one ranked contender, but unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to watch that fight until the fall time because Jan said he wants, he wants at least off. he wants six months off, which is understandable. But if you're going to be a champion, you got to be somewhat of an active. I feel that a champion should at least defend their title. I want to say three times a year, but, but I know, know what, training camps are hard. I get it. Maybe two times. But you know what, though? I'm but OK. Let's just I'm just that title wouldn't have been defended anyways for at least at least another six months if I decided yeah. I won. So yeah. it is what it is when you really think about it. You know what I mean? So I guess it's like, whatever. Y'all wouldn't fall for that shit no matter. It, the only problem is, which sucks, is that Glover's getting old as fuck. He is getting, he's getting, he's getting, he's getting up there in age, but he's staying active. He's still training. He had Leo Machida with him in his camp over there. And he has a couple other young guys just to keep staying active as much as possible. So yeah. Yeah. I think the fight with Glover is going to be very interesting, very exciting because it's definitely going to be a clash of styles. Glover can stand and can get, has a really good ground game. So we're going to see what happens between them. And hopefully in the fall time, we'll see oh, that. Such fight. a great stylistic matchup. <laughs> oh, such, such a great stylistic matchup. And if Glover doesn't win that, I think he retires. Or if he, yeah. if he loses that pretty bad, I think he retires. Because yeah. it's just like your second title shot, you don't want to keep fighting these guys because they don't get easier as you go down, even though there are some lackluster performances. But... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later on Bruh, in the show. But let's, If he wins, he might retire. If he wins, he, he might take the belt with him. Be like, you know what? I'm going to take this. And no, no, no. Glover's too hard-headed. He's going to be like, no, no, I'm winning my title. I got to do it. I feel like he's too hard-headed, and he loves the fighting game so much. When I talked to him, he was just like, there's no way that I'm going to retire anytime soon because I still feel good. I still feel good. Well, speaking of somebody who still feels good and just loves the game, let's talk about a motherfucking Amanda Nunes. <laughs> Amanda Nunes goes out there and completely washes, completely Wash. just washes. Prove the odds better, correct? Prove oh the odds better, correct? <laughs> you know, and, and you know, brother, I appreciate you for for giving hope. To the Trying MMA to fans out there, you know, interesting. Salute to you, my brother, because <laughs> not enough people would do that. Because if it was up to me, people who listen to my show probably didn't even watch that fight. Because I was like, "Fuck <laughs> this fight, let's move on." You made it interesting. Salute to you, my brother. But check it out, Megan Anderson didn't make it interesting. She got her fucking ass whooped. Um, Amanda Nunes goes out there and gets the submission win. Uh, which was incredible. She actually had a a, a triangle as well as an armbar at the armbar. same damn time. Which and I don't she think she got enough credit for. Um, bro, what were your thoughts on this matchup, man? I well, before that, just uh, if you ever, anybody watched the show last time, I said, "Hey, Megan can win this fight if it stays standing." You know, she has a chance. Megan's never been knocked out standing up. She's always been submitted. So uh, I gave her a chance there. It's MMA. 
anything can happen. She's a big girl. She's long. Huge. But as soon as I saw Megan Anderson walk into that arena, you guys can go review the tape. I'll post a link. She looked like she saw a ghost or I don't know what zombie she was looking at. She was just very <laughs> nervous. And that's something that I was talking about before. Megan uh, Anderson struggled with the mental things before not making fun of it at all. But it's definitely going to be yeah. very hard coming into a fight game and coming into a championship fight that can change your life literally change your life. So Lord knows what kind of pressure she was dealing with, but it definitely showed in the cage. Amanda went in there, dominated her, dominated her really fast. The first time she even touched her, Megan Anderson's legs were flopping like an octopus. It was just very she bad. Look it looked like Bambi was just born. Yeah, it, did, it, just, it, did, it didn't look good. It didn't look good at all. So I got to give kudos to Amanda Nunes as well for being such a positive champion for especially for women, you know, because when we had Ronda Rousey, everybody fight like and, a girl. And really all that quick, stuff. Uh, yesterday yeah. was Women's Appreciation Day or Women's happy International uh, Women's uh, Day. International Women's Day. So happy yeah. International Women's Day to all the women out there. Salute to you. And here's the thing: we're actually going to talk about something that has to deal with women at the end of the show. So unfortunately, it's a little bit of drama, but we'll find out. We'll get our we'll points of view on. Yeah, that we'll, we'll talk about that uh, one. But continue, my brother. I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off. But yeah, for Amanda Nunes for being such a positive champion and just, you know, speaking so well, bringing her daughter in there, you know, the joy of her life that just has changed her life so much. And you can see the happiness in Amanda Nunes' face and just in her spirit. And it's just awesome to see. I was very happy for her and Nina Ansarov. That's a cool story. But the UFT, let's just diminish this 145 division. We don't need it. Add a woman's 105. Do an animal. Adam Wheaton instead. The 145-pound woman division, it just yes. shouldn't exist anymore because there's nobody, nobody's being a man of Nunes at that weight. Nobody's being a man of Nunes at that weight. But we got somebody in the Bantamweight division who's screaming for a man of Nunes right now, and that's Juliana Pena. Serge, what do you think about Juliana Pena? Just going crazy, hitting up Dana White, texting him. She's been on three shows talking about it. What are your thoughts on Juliana Pena coming up? Yo, Juliana but not coming Pena. up, just like talking about a man of Nunes. She's not ready for that. She's not ready for that. She just got fucked up like two fights ago, like the fight before last. I think she's only on like a one fight winning streak. You know what she's I'm saying? On a one like, fight winning. She did make a point. She said Amanda has fought a lot of these girls on one fight winning streak. So she's like, why can't I get a chance too? And I can't argue with that point. Yeah. I, I can't argue with that point. Um, but I will because at the end of the day, who who's left, right? Um, I don't know if you have anything you haven't pulled up next to you or anything right now, but I'm just thinking about the weight class. Who's left there that she hasn't already dominated? So when Sports, you think of yeah. it in that, I mean, who, yeah, who who hasn't she already beaten? So when you think about it in that way, you know what? Why not? Yeah, I say, I say, why not? Yeah, I say, why not? At this point, she's beaten Holly Holm. I don't want to see her fight Irina Aldana because Irina Aldana can even beat Holly Holm. Uh, any other girl ranked underneath that, like Jermaine Duran to me, like any one of those girls in 135, already she's already ranked with Sarah McMahon. I don't want to see any of those fights against Amanda. I think Pena would be her toughest test at 135. Not to say it would be that Amanda can run through her as well, she, but yeah, it wouldn't be. it's the, the wrestling pedigree thing, grappling. Pena feels that she can be, beat her there, but I don't know. The only intriguing fight to me for Amanda Nunes is Valentina Shevchenko. That's it. That's it. It's Valentina. That's it. Valley, Valley Chinks. Valley Chinks. That's it. <laughs> Valley Chinks. In, in, my, in my opinion, those right there are the two greatest female fighters we've ever seen. The two yeah. of them. In any combat sport. I've, I've said time and time again, 
those are the the two very best. Uh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko is one of my all time favorites to watch. Her style, her technique is perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. She doesn't do anything wrong. She can grapple. She can strike. She can box. She can kickbox. She can walk you down. She can play the counter game. Dude, her style is incredible. She's one of my favorite all-time fighters to watch. And then you have Amanda Nunes, who is just this fucking dominant monster of a champion that's just knocking bitches out left and fucking right. Dog, it, it's those are the only two left. And here's the thing. Yes, they fought twice. On the books, Amanda has two wins. But if you ask anyone who watched that fight, and I am asking you, I am begging you, if you are listening to this show or watching the show right now live on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, thank you as always for checking us out here on Brothers in Combat. But if you're checking it out, man, you need to go and watch that fucking fight. Go back and watch the second Amanda Nunes fight against Valentina Shevchenko. Tell me Valentina didn't win that fight. Everybody who watches that fight thinks Valentina won that fight. And that's the thing. They got a little bit of beef because they remember the stare down. That was the one where Amanda Nunes put her hand on her chin and pushed it off. I don't know if you guys remember that. Go back. They got a little bit of beef. There's some heat there. That is the only fight to make. And guess what, people? Valentina wins. (laughs) She definitely has more confidence right now. Because, you know, she's been a defending champion. But I think Amanda Nunes is way better than she was when she fought Valentina at the same time. I do too. But I do too. both of them, they both are better now. So, like, so why better. not put that fight together one more time? I think it happens. I think that's all that's left. I mean, Drew, my opinion as well. But I think that's the most competitive and compelling performance. Facts. I mean, fight to watch for sure. But yeah, yeah. I know we got yeah. a good one. I know we got a good yeah. one. We got we yeah. to yeah. break it And too. salute to us for, for making a longer topic and discussion out of a fight that we, we literally talked about that fight longer than it lasted. It lasted. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Well, here, here we're going to talk about this fight. And I, brother, I, I have to get your opinion on this. And we made a point not to talk about this beforehand because I, I got to talk about this live. Piotr Jan, mm. Aljamain Sterling. Mm. Aljamain Sterling ends up winning the belt via disqualification. The first champion to ever win his belt via disqualification. The reason there was a disqualification is because at the end, in, in the middle of the fourth round, yep. Um, in my opinion, Piotr Jan was getting a little bit frustrated. I think he had a guy from him that he was he couldn't get out of there and he couldn't figure out why. He's tired. He's hurt but I can't get him out of here. And he's outpacing me still. I don't understand it. He was frustrated. And he, while um, Al Jermaine, and I will admit, and I agree yeah. with my Demetrius Johnson, was stalling. He was stalling position just to try to catch, do, catch his breath or whatever. Piotr Jan listened to his corner and need him directly in the face. <laughs> After the referee told him he's down, down. don't need him in the face. And he did it anyways disqualification the fight's done first of all i think the ufc and the judges took far too long to make a decision and they watched this man roll around the fucking ground forever which i think is wrong in his own right but then obviously the interview and shit a whole bunch of shit to get to in this one before i get on my fucking soapbox brother what were your thoughts before i get my thoughts who did you have winning that fight in the end to the fourth that's what i want to know okay okay so I honestly had it much closer than I think a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. 
I've watched it twice so far, and I'm, yeah. I'm really I would go back and forth. Aljamain Sterling was outstriking him. Yeah, Aljamain Sterling almost doubled up on the strikes, but Piotr Jan, because of the takedowns and the power, I gave him the slight edge. That's why I had I gave I had him up around at that point in time because I was like, this is a close fight, but. He looks like it looked. It looked like the wave was coming. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It looked like it was starting to build. I was like, "This is a close fight," but it looks like this shit is building, and it might get bad quick. So interesting, you say that. So me going to that fourth round when that fourth round was over, I probably would have had Peter Yan a little bit up or tied one or the other because as much as Aljamain was getting taken down at ease, by the way, which is very weird to see so at weird. ease, and it wasn't regular takedowns; it was I trips. Got- it was yeah, trips, I got you know, a question different for you different about things. that yeah. one too. Yeah. Let me ask trips. you this. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this. And um, yo, did Aljamain seem a little nervous to you? Did his Extremely energy seem yeah. nervous? And it's so weird because he's never like that. But once again, you will forget this when you go into a championship fight, which can change your life. Your life, you have a lot of pressure on yourself. And I'm sure he put so much pressure on himself. And this fight was supposed to happen in December. And now it's here, you know? Long time he's been thinking about this, been yes. going for it, been asking for it. And he finally gets it. He's in that cage. There's no crowd. It's just you and that guy. You're putting, it's just you in your own mind. And you're thinking about it. You can literally see every time Aldro went back to his cage, he was just like, Ray Longo would ask him, how are you feeling? I've never seen Aljamain Sterling that exhausted but going to that he fourth round yeah I was, dump. yeah i was starting to get peter on the the fight now because he was definitely turning it on i felt like that fifth round would have been so bad for aljamain he was doing a lot of things to stall he was throwing spinning back elbows and back fists which is weird to throw when you are that exhausted so that shows you mentally he probably wasn't there so when peter yon threw that knee at somebody who's as tired as aljamain that's gonna hit him even worse and he's gonna feel that even worse. So I do I think Aljamain was, was acting? No, I don't think he was acting. I think he legitimately got hit by a clean knee that hurt him. People are talking, saying I, all I these things. But that in a second. Yeah, people yeah. are saying a lot of different things. He's acting this and that. Go on your knees. Have somebody who doesn't even fight knee you in the Thank face you. and let me know how easy you can get up. Please let me know how easy you can get up. A guy who can throw in his whole entire life, Muay Thai guy, knows exactly guy trains at tiger Muay Thai. they know how to throw knees he trains he at tiger Muay Thai. he threw it directly to his face there was no like oh it side swiped him or would hit his hair it hit him right in the face i'm go there's no way i'm getting up from that no way and i'm gonna say something too as well if i'm aljermaine sterling and even if like let's say i was still okay i'm gonna I, i'd probably milk it a little bit too and just be like you know what man's cheated you need to get disqualified for that. That is the rules. They tell you the rules before the fight. You know the rules. You've been fighting for a very long time. Don't act like you don't know exactly what happened. And, the and especially the corner calling it out. Literally told him. He's and the ref said it. Downed knees. opponent. He said, down. downed opponent, literally. And don't tell me Peter Young can't understand downed opponent. He can see he that he was down. Yeah. And he was waiting. You could, you could call, count 10 Mississippis before he throws that knee. And his Aljamain still was nowhere to where he, he should have been hit. But go ahead. I know you dude, had something to say about that. No, no, no. Dude, yeah. honestly, I'm, you said it for me. You hit it on the fucking head. I, if you're so fucking tough, I want to see somebody knee you directly in the face and tell me how you feel. Do you know what I'm saying? It is for anybody to sit there and say that he's going out there acting, dog, this isn't the fucking WWE. 
Nope. I know you guys like fucking storylines and we like all the <laughs> other fun shit. You know what I'm saying? And don't get it twisted. I like all the fun fuck shit of the fight game. I do. You know what I'm saying? We all degenerates in some way, shape, or form. I, I fucking get it. I dig that shit. What the fuck? I'm in the media, right? Yeah. But let's just keep it a bean. Dog, that's that's not even realistic. This isn't for play. You you mean to tell me a man that has been working his ass off, dominating the best fighters in the world, who finally gets his opportunity that he's begged for for years and he's trained for since he was fucking eight years old to all of a sudden get there and all of a sudden say, oh, you know what? Let me let me get my get up here. And, oh, you know what I'm saying? And make up some bullshit. Come on, son. That's great. That's and my great. lady's here. <laughs> that's great i don't th- i don't think I, I i honestly don't think Aldemir was was acting peter yon saw what happened no. he didn't come peter yon didn't complain about it that much after either he just like you know he what knew he run. knew he did yeah knew he knew he did it he knew exactly what he did run that back after it wasn't a spare of the moment thing it wasn't like sometimes where guys are going how with a rhythm feel, and they how, just how delicious up. do you feel that was it was definitely there was there was definitely malice behind that 100 percent. he was a frustrated guy he got frustrated after Aljamain was just doing a lot of the different stalling things and couldn't get rid of him. Peter Yon was tired himself too, but not as tired as Aljamain, of course, but I definitely want to put the pace on him. Yeah, I, he was. And that's the first time I ever seen Aljo fight like that to where he, it was, it was kind of a little bit like of a difference, you know, he looked, he, he was rushing everything. Most times in even the Pedro Munoz fight, he put a lot of volume up, right? But there was a rhythm to it. Everything was that rhythm that he always has. It looked he was he was smooth. This he seemed very nervous. He was falling down a lot. Like I've never seen him fall down so much. It was just Weird. all this nervous energy. Which brings me to my point, my next point, which is this. I think Aljo looks real good in the rematch. And the reason I say that, and the reason I say that is this. And the reason I say that is this. Not 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 saying that he's gonna win. Not yeah. saying he's gonna win. But the reason I say that I, I like his chances better in the rematch is because he those butterflies are gone now. Yeah. He, I, I felt him. I know what it was. The moment isn't too big. And now I have the confidence that, you know what, motherfucker? I am the champion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because once you hold it for a second, he's going to start getting that confidence and that swagger up a little bit. And it's going to be like, you know what? Fuck this motherfucker. He cheated. <laughs> And and I deserve this. So he's going to have a little bit of a... Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold that thought for one second. This is live TV, guys. I'm so sorry. I forgot to no, no put worries. my charger on the computer. Let me grab no, it no real, worries. real fast. Hold on, guys. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah. No worries. Well, here's the thing. I'll say this. And, and uh, you know, why he's getting everything going. The fight itself is a fight that I thought was going to be the fight, like a fight of the night type of fight. And if it wasn't for Aljo's kind of erratic behavior, we probably would end up getting that. So I think in a rematch, I think we can get that type of fight, especially if Aljo gets to the point where he's a little bit more calm. He's a little bit more secure. And he has that that little bit of confidence and that swagger because I don't feel like that's the Aljo that we come to know and love and expect. That absolutely wasn't him. Now, in terms of Piotr Jan, he's gonna, in, the, in terms of the fight, I think we're going to get the fight that we want. He's He's a fucking savage. He came in as Russian as fucking can be. I have day. I'm talking about my man came in like prime Fedor, had the creepy fucking Russian music and shit. Like, don't speak no English. Like, my man's 
played that shit to a fucking T. Um, and he has all this swagger, he has everything, so I believe that that fight's going to be great. But I will say this, and here's the thing about that fight. Um, does he even deserve an opportunity? And I think we got my brother back. Yep. Good, we good, we good. Live TV, guys. Sorry, live TV, live TV. No, <laughs> I didn't want to take thing, away, man. especially at a point you're about to make to. I'm just like, I can't miss this, and my computer just shuts off on me. Oh, brother, no, no worries, man. Like I said, we got this shit rocking. Uh, but Lena, you know what I'm saying, though. It's just at the end of the day, I think that, um, and this one I want to ask you actually, knowing that that was such a, an egregious file, yeah. and that his corner even is on tape saying that, yo, knee his ass. All that stuff. What does that say about Piotr Jan, his team? You know, is there, should there be any ramifications for that? Or are we just fucking savages? So fuck it. No, I don't think any ramifications for that because this has happened in the past before where somebody needs someone. They did have animosity in between them, but I don't know. I'm not penalizing them for that. The biggest penalty he got was losing that title. So that's big enough. You lose a lot of things going into your next fight. Who knows if they might not even run it back? You don't, we don't know that yet. We do not have any of those answers. But I do think if they run that back, I think Peter Yan dominates Aljamain because Aljamain couldn't you even think take it's him down. Be like uh, what's his Excuse name? Me. It's going to be like a Joey B and um, yeah, second time he's gonna he's gonna probably look even better because now he knows he can't take him down. He was one for seventeen off takedowns, terrible. And it's not like he was going for those take like even in the earlier rounds he couldn't take him down. And Peter Yan was more powerful than Aljamain, which is just very weird to see because I thought Aljamain would look better there or just especially when they were dry yeah even stronger but no but peter yon was just waiting and waiting and waiting and kind of just like covering himself a little bit he did get rocked a couple times like two times i think i believe he got rocked he went down but aljermaine would have to come with a completely different game plan and a game plan that's not going to tire him out because this is not a kind of fight that he likes to fight this is not him he's more of a slow-paced guy kind of doing his thing but he was just trying to pressure him thinking Peter Yano was going to get tired, and he never got tired. So mm-hmm. if they fight again, which I hope they do, and they have to, I'm tired of seeing TJ Dillashaw, other guys happen. Let me ask, I mean, you, let me ask you this. You, you, I'm glad you brought TJ Dillashaw, yeah. right? Um, not as much as Henry Cejudo, because Henry Cejudo has kind of backtracked on his comments, which, honestly, that's the first not cringy thing that I've seen Henry kind of do recently. Yeah. But um, Henry Cejudo, or TJ Dillashaw, goes out online, calls, talks shit, calls... Um, Aljamain, an actor, and he goes out there also and says, Peter Yan's a cheater. How do you feel when you have other fighters like him specifically saying these things about guys who were just, just put it on the line? TJ Dillashaw will do anything to get himself back into a title contention or a title shot. He'll say anything. As you can, Now you can see that at that point. For him to tweet, yeah. cheat that after, oh, now, now you're a cheater too, motherfucker, with Peter Yan and Aljamain's the actor and saying all these things. He's just trying to get himself back to contention as soon as he comes back he's entering his name there once again i feel the biggest loser in this fight unfortunately is Corey sanhagen that sucks for him because now he's gonna have to wait even longer for these guys to fight again or whatever it is and that sucks for him because he definitely was the next up whoever whoever won that fight definitely was up and now they're gonna have to run it back but if i'm Corey sanhagen i'm fighting tj dillashaw because tj dillashaw want to come and take everything I worked for these past couple months that you were out, you were cheating. You better bring that ass here, boy, I would and come take fight. this with me. Why a, not? Right? That's the main event. That's the main event. that is a main event. That's a pay per view main event. Absolutely, absolutely. You can build a card around that fight. 
Yeah, but do you think Aljamain needs to go out on an apology st- like streak right now? Does he does he need to be doing that? Thank you. I don't. I don't. I, I, he does not need to be doing that. He doesn't. He, if Aljamain you watch the fight, you saw what happened. Anything wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. He went out there. He fought his ass off. He was he was he was losing. You know, he yeah. was fighting hard. It was a close fight, but he was losing. And the champion did lost focus and yep. lost his belt. He got disqualified. That's not 100%. his fault. The rules are in place for a reason. He knew the rules. Yep. So get out of here with that other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. I don't care about that. Um, all right. Uh let, let's let's talk about that. Do you have anything else to say about that one specifically? No, no, no. That's that's definitely it. I definitely want to see him running back and hopefully yeah. sooner than later. I think Aljamain passed the concussion protocol so he's fine and let's see them run it back maybe in in june or something like that that'd be that'd be great or even may I love who it. knows either way either way I lo- either, either one way. i love it and then you can really build build on that one and actually put it put it on another championship car like this or headline a like a dope something like a dope fight night of some sort you know what i'm saying like on a fl- put it on guys. a put it on a flyweight card the ones when you in the one in june and now you have the the smaller guys fight on the top of that card but that'd, that'd be, be great amazing. that'd be great all right uh how about this let's move on to this what are some other stories from 259? Because, dude, the, the card was was a really solid card, okay? It started off fire. First five five out of six fights were fucking knockouts. Um, you, had, you had wild decisions. We had all kinds of stuff. Um, for you, what were the biggest takeaways from 259? So something that I, that I definitely want to call out here, and I, I, I don't know if I said this on this show or on the Mythic Hour, one of the shows that I said, I said there is going to be a lot of people watching this card. So if my name is Alexander Rakic or Tiago Santos, I got to put open that card with a banger of a fight or a banger of a performance. And they did not do anything even close. That was something that I don't even want to talk, go delve into it too much, but none of those guys deserve a title shot. Definitely not. They're going to have to fight one or two more fights to get there. They shit the bed to open that card, which was an amazing card. And now I wish Makhlev and Dover would open that card instead of these guys, because that was just very lackluster performances to see. But we definitely talk about Islam Makhchev in that lightweight division. Sergio, you're, if, you're, you, if you are a, a lightweight right now in the top eight, do you want to fight Islam Makhchev? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. Dude, anybody in that top eight right now, I am sorry for you. Khabib, Khabib Squared is coming for y'all. <laughs> Khabib and, Squared. Part two. Like, and, the second coming. The, the second coming is coming. And y'all had your little fun. You guys had like about a year to play without a title because when Islam gets it, dog, y'all, we're, it's just going to be another Dagestani dude with a beard who's going to dominate y'all. This shit is done. It is a wrap. Drew Dober is a killer. And he's been blasting people out of there. And Islam made him look like a white belt. He just just <laughs> ran through that man. It wasn't even fucking close. <laughs> it, uh, all I can say is, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> as, they, as, they, as they say over there, he is, he is born, he is here. He's he's been waiting a long time. He hasn't fought since since 2019, and he shows that he still got it. Not that he ever lost it, but he still got it. He's still dominant. Drew Dober is not an easy guy to dominate. To dominate, Drew Dober was down to wrestle, and he showed him there's a different kind of wrestling with Dagestanian guys. He wasn't going for double legs. He was tripping him, and from the inside, from the outside, there's so many different forms of take you have to watch for with guys. It is scary. To see, I need to see this guy. I need to see this guy against somebody in the top 
even top, top five. I'm, I'm who watching. Fights, but who fights or, him in the top five? Who? No, I don't think anybody in the top five will take that fight. But you know who I think would be a great fight for him? Benil Dariush. Give me that. Give me that ASAP. Give me that. I know people talk about That's RDA, but give me Benil versus uh, Makachev. I think that would be such an exciting fight. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. RDA. RDA, man. That's struggles with wrestlers, RDA though. He's got wrestling true. struggles. That's I don't know true. how much I, I don't know how bad I want to see him get dominated by a guy that's who's true. as good that's as true. with wrestling. Because we saw Habib versus RDA. You see how that's that true. went. It that's wasn't true. too it wasn't You're overly competitive. No, Machev, I think, would do the same thing. Smash. So I feel like Benil would be a fresh that's matchup. I think Benil got confidence up that booty right now for, for that. I want to see Benil versus Islam Machev. I know Benil wants to fight up. But fighting Islam Makhchev is still kind of like fighting up because Makhchev probably up. should be ranked higher, honestly. And he has a bigger name, True. bigger following. Let's fight that guy. I, I'm Benil Darius Islam Makhchev. Come on. Let's go. I, we see you, Sean Shelby. There it is. That's there the one. Is. You're welcome. That's the one. You're, You're welcome. welcome. But Serge, You're let me ask you, how did you feel about Dominic Cruz's performance? Did okay. you Do you feel that his post comments were more like were more important than his actual fight or just gave like because i feel that <clears throat> coming out of that fight <clears throat> we talked about his post-fight com- comments rather than the fight against fight. casey kenny well here's how do thing. you feel he looks um, how do you feel he looked i think he looked good i think he looked good people forget casey kenny's not like a scrub casey no. kenny's somebody that people really have a lot of faith in and they really believe is going to be something in the near future and yeah. he went out there and just he beat him he yeah. beat him. He proved that he was better in every capacity. He he hurt him. He he took him down. He 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 honestly he sunned him. Yeah, he sunned him. He that, that's what it looked like. You are not on my level, son. Sorry. Not nah. <laughs> and, and, and and that's what the fight looked like. And and we really have to look at it and say, yo, y'all got to worry about Dom at one thirty five if he's really still about this life. Yep. That that definitely because it's and I know he's ranked a little bit lower, but if if you're not in that top three, top two, I don't see too many guys being Dominic Cruz, especially with that style, man. That style still works. I know Casey Kenny was working him with the the the, the leg kicks, but Dom was countering with that that left hook, so it's not like he doesn't know what to do in that circumstance. Absolutely. But the comments he made about Hans Molenkamp from the Monster Energy side. It's so Yo, funny he said it, that. It's, it's, it's so Hans, funny he said is, that. Is, is Hans me. the, uh, I saw this comment, is, is Hans uh, Mellencamp the DuPont from uh, the Foxcatcher? Is he MMA's version of DuPont yeah, from Foxcatcher? Uh, pretty much, apparently. <laughs> but it's, it's, so funny. it's so funny he brought that up because I always watch, I follow Hans Mellencamp on Instagram, and the I relationship too. he has with these fighters, comments, and there's a certain things that he does with the kicking of the cans and all that stuff. I don't it's know weird. what kind of... I guess it's a form of promotion or I don't know what it is to make it seem like he's cool or whatever it is with all these guys. But like, I always notice that. And I'm just like, these guys are okay with him doing that. Like he, he's, they feel fine doing that. Like that's weird. And yeah. Dominic Cruz brought it up like, listen, my guy, you're not going to bully me. You're not going to come out here and bully me with, with stuff. Absolutely not. And I remember Ali Adelaziz talking about this a while back, but you could, I don't know. I can never believe when Ali talks, he, some, he talks out of his ass a lot. So I wasn't sure if that was true or not, but Dominic Cruz is not a guy who's going to talk about something for no reason. 
So now I have no reason not to believe Dominic Cruz. And this is going to be very interesting with other MMA uh, athletes going forward. What do you think Monster Energy does with with Hans Mollenkamp? Now, is he the head guy at, at Monster Energy? I don't think he owns Monster Energy. I think he's a head guy in a sense of maybe promotion, like almost like a, I guess you want to say a Dana White of that company. Because Let me look to thing. make sure it, it, to tell you that. Yeah. I want to be, be accurate. Go ahead. Absolutely. But because here's the thing. I guess it all depends. Because I, and I don't want to misspeak because I just don't know enough about, about it and what he does. But it's one of those things that if he's really problematic, and you know how these, these companies are, they'll get rid of you. You know what I'm saying? Especially if they have a relationship. Because at the end of the day, that shit's all about this cash. And they're yeah. not going to have anybody fuck up that bag. No. And he's just a business development rep. That's it. He's not even... Super, super they, they, they will they will separate him quick fast if it's a problem seriously yeah. because they will keep that thing and and you already know dana white made that call yo what's going on you <laughs> looking into that shit right now and at the end of the day it, it is absolutely one of those things that again i don't know enough about the story so i don't want to misspeak but if this dude is or anything that people are trying to say and he is this problematic the company will get rid of them because it's just good business. That That's really what it is. You're right. You're right. I, I, I agree with that. Um, and it's, it, it's crazy to see, not crazy to see, but it's good to see these guys speaking out against a lot of people because they like to get taken advantage of. They like to take advantage yeah, of MMA fighters because you know, they will do anything for, you know, a little bit extra cash besides the one that they yeah. make when they fight regularly. So that is definitely messed up. If these allegations are true, I hope monster energy somehow, gets rid of Hans Mullenkamp for doing stuff like that because that is not absolutely. fair to fighters and not fair to the business of MMA. No, it absolutely isn't. It, it is not fair to either of them. It's not a bit fair to business of MMA. None, none, none of the above, you know? Yeah. Um, is there anything else about... Um, before we uh, Anything else about uh, 259 we want to touch on? I definitely wanted to touch on a Joseph Benavidez thing, which is... Yeah. It's, just, yeah, it's, a, tough, it's a tough watch because... You know how good he is. You know how right. great he can be. You know, he's 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 fought for such a long time in the UFC. Very long career, you know. And he fought a guy in Oscar Askarov, who's pretty hard, man. He's 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 a very tough wrestler. And Joseph Benavidez never really had tough problems with wrestlers. And I picked Joseph Benavidez that winning that fight as well. But Oscar Oscar Ansarov was just doing a lot of different things that I feel like maybe Joseph yeah. Benavidez wasn't ready for, the body kicks. He, he just looked almost a little bit faster and Joe almost co- kind of looked a little, a little slow in there. And just like, man, maybe these, maybe these guys pass by a little bit and I'm not telling Mr. Benavides he should retire. I would never tell if they retire. Absolutely not. But mm-hmm. it's just tough to see him lose to a guy. Uh, well, very tough guy. Oscar Ansaroff is very, very tough. It's tough to see him lose to a guy that he probably would beat a couple years ago, you know, probably handily yeah. beat a couple years ago. And maybe the Davidson Figueroa fights have taken a lot out of him. I don't know. I'm not sure. But either way, Joseph Benavides has so many different things that he can do outside of MMA. Focuses on a lot of other yeah. different things outside he of that. Zapper awesome. Scrappers. He definitely needs to start his own clothing line. He definitely needs to. He has a podcast with Megan O'Leary right now, which is amazing. He's got That's so dope. many things that he can do. So he's going to be okay no matter what. Yes. I'd like to see him take one more fight to completely see where he is within that division. But that is up to him if he wants to continue that because training camps are hard. It's hard on the body. He's been doing it for a very, very long time. So that's up to him to yeah. see what he wants to do. But what do you think about him, uh, Serge? Oof. 
This is tough for me because he, Joey B has always been one of my favorite fighters. He he's 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 one of the old, the the, old, the one of the last of the Mohicans that is still around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh and here's the problem with that. It's starting to show. I I was looking at a man in that fight that doesn't look like he's evolved. His style is just is he's he's trying to still wing punches when the game is is more precise and accurate now. We're not ball we're not brawlers anymore. This is this is a sport of these are athletes that are you know precise and technical, and um, and he just his last couple fights he just is is being outclassed. And the reason he's being outclassed is because he's, it seems like he's just doing the thing that got him to the dance and he's just not evolving at all. And I'm saying this, again, this is one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love Joey Benavidez. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to evolve at this point in time and you've taken as much damage and injuries and things like that, again, I'm with you. I'm never telling anybody to retire, but you should yeah. really at this point in time consider that shit because this isn't a forgiving game and we're not going to get it's not like the fights are going to get any easier. And because of his name recognition, he's always going to get somebody that's close to the top. And, and think about the weight classes. These guys at 125 are getting better and better and better. We're getting, it's a deeper weight class and it's the deepest scary. that weight class has ever been. It's scary at 125. Now. Very scary. And, and, and be very honest with me. Let's go down the list. Let's look at the top five guys in that weight class. He doesn't Davidson, match him well with Brandon, any of they 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 uh, all tear him up. They all tear him up. I don't and know about just, all of them tear him up. I think there's a couple of guys he for sure can be, and he's he's beaten already. But there's some but other guys the thing, who are emerging. Them he beat them when back then. I'm talking about now. Do you know what I'm saying? Now I'm looking at a fighter that is a step slow. He's absolutely taking. He's a step slower than he used to be. And he's also, yeah, he's definitely a little slower. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's just like, and and for me, I I hate, oh, I hate seeing these guys and these fighters that I've always like loved end up starting to get knocked out because that's what he's going to start getting beaten and beaten bad. Thank God I, we have not seen him get knocked out for a while. For it's been a while. I think the last one was a big riddle, but that was because of the but but yeah. Once again, up to him to what he wants to do, do going forward. He doesn't have Absolutely. anything left to prove. Honestly, he's had an amazing career. He's done yeah. so much for that flyweight division. He did so much for the WEC period. Not just the bantamweight division of WEC, but he's the WEC. He's all of famer. Yeah, I, he's I agree. I think he's, he's done so much for the the yes. lower weight class, lower weight classes in his career. Unfortunately, there's just been guys who are just like, Lord, the, your Demetrius Johnson. It's not like Joseph Benavides is not losing the scrubs. The people he's lost to is no scrub. Scrub lose, losses a lot of guys who are just yeah. my lord man like great greatest of all time kind of guys and Oscar Antaroff you know like Michael Bisbing if Bisbing never won a title yeah. it, it would have yeah. been just like that you're one of the greatest of all time you just unfortunately yeah. uh, uh, over him you're one of the greatest of all time yeah. you just never won one here and that's yeah, okay. and it's, it sucks but it but you're you're we recognize you as one of the fuck you're the fucking man salute to you sir you know what I'm saying absolutely salute to Luther Joseph Benavides, one of the greatest smaller smaller guys of all time in in mixed martial arts. One of the greatest arts. of all time, not even smaller one of the greatest. Guys. One of the greatest. Yeah, one of the greatest. Period. Period. One of the greatest and never won a title, man. Seriously, one of the greatest and never won a title. But um, 
this weekend, we got another card, right? We got one more card. Um, we got the Bilal Muhammad and the Leon Edwards. Mm-hmm. So everybody definitely check that out. That's going to be pretty good That'd to see great. Leon Edwards come back. Absolutely. That's going to be a fun one. And real quick before we get out of here, because we got about yeah. five minutes before we get five out minutes. of here. Uh, but got to talk a touch on this really fast. Dan Hardy gets fired from oh, UFC and man. BT Sports. We only got a couple minutes to hit on this, um, but I got to get your thoughts on this. Well, again, we don't know the full story. Yeah. It seems like he had some disagreement, they say, with some female employee yeah. with the UFC over there. And they also cited his disagreement with Herb Dean as well in the cage as one yeah. of the, the things with it. What are your thoughts on this, man? Real quick, Dan Hardy, amazing guy when he breaks down uh, fights. I watch him on Full Reptile all the Best time. I yeah. love it. I think he's really love great. It. I think he's good commentary as well. Breaking down fights, talking about specific things in well, from the ground game to the striking game. So many different things that he can do. But sometimes he can come off as over-emotional about a lot of things. And I'm sure that's probably what happened with this female uh, employee. It happened with Herb Dean. That shouldn't have happened with Herb Dean. You can discuss that in the back at some different point in time. But not during a broadcast. You got to be careful with your emotions. I think Dan Hardy, Dan Hardy's never come out to me as an asshole or pompous, like something like that. Never felt that way. But he definitely has to be careful with his emotions. What do you think, Serge? I think it's a worst workplace environment. If yeah. you go out there and you blow up on anybody in corporate America, you're going to mm-hmm. get fired. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Especially if you're a, a, a grown ass man and you're yelling in a shouting match with a woman. First of all, mm-hmm. I, I, I would say it like this. And, and I know Dan Hardy, and I said this on uh, the Fight Podcast before, but I'll say this. I'm a fan of Dan Hardy. I think yeah. Dan Hardy is amazing. He's one of the best at it. But I, but the, the fact that he went out there, rubbed me the wrong way when he went out there and said, you know, oh, it doesn't matter if it's a woman or not. Because it does. It absolutely yeah. does. The fact that you're sitting here alphaing up and you're a former pro fighter who's trying to be a still fight, you're like bossing up on like a girl like that's 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 you get fired anywhere in America for doing that. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I'll say this and I'll say it on my show and I'll say it again here. I believe women. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna sit here if, if that if, if the UFC is one of the most court uh, uh um conservative organizations out there, if they yeah. let you go for this shit, they gotta be something their smoke is fire. I'm just saying. Bad timing too, right? Be right on into happy uh, International Women's Day. My lord. Terrible but I'm definitely timing. curious to see what the full uh, story is on that for sure. You know, I made as much exactly. comments as I know from the information that we have, but I'm yep, curious exactly. to see what happens there. I'm still going to watch Dan Hardy on his breakdowns on Full Reptile unless we hear something that's really bad. Maybe not. I hope I hope not. I'm praying that it's not. I hope it's not as bad as it, they're making it seem, but only one way to find out. We'll see when the full story comes out. Absolutely, man. Well, brother, this has been another one, man. Episode two. Another one. Episode number two, baby. Number two in the books. There it is. But how 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 you feeling? Anything else you want to touch on today before we, we close out? No, that's all. Definitely watch the fights on Saturday, guys. That's coming up. Got my show tomorrow, Mystic Hour. Pop on there. Surge, of course, you know he's dropping shows. Two, 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 three of them every week. Interviews. Check his page out, of course, at the Fight Podcast. Me at Mystic Black MMA. Interviews. More interviews coming soon. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. There it is. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Serge Vicente. This is my brother Darnell, motherfucking Giovanni, <laughs> the man, the myth. Um, love you guys, brother in combat. Peace. Peace. Boom.